0: Of all Champions League goalkeepers I've seen, and Carrius included, what about the fellow in the goal for Villarreal?
1: Carrius included is the worst thing any Liverpool fan can say. That's the harshest. Well, Carrius was hopeless, wasn't OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Friday Night Racing. On Off The Ball. And Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. All right, you're very welcome along to Friday Night Racing. It's Sharon Johnny with you this Friday afternoon. We broadcast every Friday afternoon at three o'clock on all of Off the Ball's social channels. So you can get us on YouTube, you can get us on Twitter, you can get us on Facebook. And then on Friday evenings from eight o'clock, you can get us on Off the Ball on News Talk as well. Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball is brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie or you can follow the Twitter account at HRI racing, And the hashtag is Every Racing Moment. Johnny, we're in the meat, not in the meat, but we're getting there. The
0: the, the the Guineas last weekend was the um, flat season bang yeah at the end of Pontius Sound and then this week Aidan O'Brien like his performances of his horse in Chester was something else and it looked like he would a total stranglehold in the derby but now he's revealed that the favourite Luxembourg has had a setback um, but it looks like he's at least two kind of um, horses to come uh, in behind him uh, but it was Ireland didn't have any luck in the guineas but I think Aidan O'Brien apart from the Luxembourg thing will be very very happy was, uh, and some really good racing this week so what happened to Chester what, what's so he won the D stakes and the Chester Vase with a couple of horses that um, like Star of India was probably going to be a long shot changing of the guard it's actually funny when I saw changing of the guard running um, he was taken on a horse that has been, a, a Godolphin horse has been very well back for the derby and it was a weird situation where you'd effectively two-horse race where the Godolphin horse had had two starts and he did look good. Change of the guard was Aidan O'Brien's runner in the Chester Vase and he was available at like four to one in a two-horse race and the other horse was like one to three. Um, and it reminded me of the horse changing of the guard that Aidan trained to win like at Down Royal about 15 years ago which made me feel like a little bit old but um, they've obviously another changing of the guard and he produced just a really good front running performance um, and then Star of India looked kind of lazy possibly wanting further like he might be a ledger horse in the D stakes um, but he won with a bit of authority as well and um, it was interesting to see like how Aidan O'Brien tends to dominate the derby market but he certainly does now the Luxembourg setback's disappointing because I, I have to say I really fancied him for the race but so you thought Luxembourg was going to be ultimately the favourite go to post by the time we get there yeah I still and he still I still think he will be if he runs um, and in fairness Aidan O'Brien he said like well he's lame this morning we don't really know how bad this is but like he did run like on Saturday and he ran very well he was all over the shop early in the race made lovely late gains to me he's crying out for a mile and a half and right. um, but, you know, it's when you've the favourite for the Derby, it's obviously beholden on you to tell punters like that he's had a setback. I think he's out to about six to one now in places, which um, you know, is symptomatic of where he's at. But uh it was it was great action in Chester, it has to be said. And uh yeah, the flat is really kicking off now. I thought some of the race in Gorn this week was like I did Ron will probably kind of re- re- relate to this, but I did like a couple of spotlights in the racing post and like horses by Galileo Frankel deep impact in maidens that weren't even fancy like the depth of, of the Irish flat scene it's just like a quiet Wednesday card in Gorn these amazingly well bred horses and uh, we're privileged to have them to be fair well
1: let's get to somebody who's probably on some of them at the moment Ronan Whelan is our guest this week he's on his way down to Cork Ronan good afternoon to you how are you getting on
2: uh, good guys how are you? thanks for having
1: me yeah no worries you've got a, a book of rides this evening in Cork
2: yeah,
1: yeah, um, just on, on the way down there now, I'll skip one over, but uh, on route now, so I like yeah. Very good. Uh, it's um, a very busy period for you, I suspect, where there's racing most days at this stage. What's your, what's your day-to-day actually like at the moment? Yeah, well, most
2: days right really, uh, now, Monday, I don't really come to, uh, anywhere, run and then from from then on, uh, do, Adam McGinnis on a Tuesday, Michael Halford wins Thursday and then be on the car on a Friday morning and usually active so on a Saturday and that'll be all in the mornings and then kinda usually before going racing in the afternoon or that evening I try to do a bit of gym work and um, on to the races then and um, so kind of ride out in the mornings, do a bit of gym work and then onto the races, kind of the daily routine nowadays.
1: What kind of gym work are you doing?
2: I'd be mostly just cardio, and uh, I like to do a bit of that just to uh, stretch the legs and all that and whatnot, and feel good after it. And then might do a bit of stretching and whatnot. Like at at this stage you now, when you're when you're racing plenty away, there there's there's not much need. To be do too much more, you
1: know. All right, we're just having a little bit of trouble with the line there, but we might give you a call back to try and establish it a little bit better. But that's interesting to hear the um, the routine because I think it's definitely changed from the um. The old school days where it would have been cigarettes
0: and coffee and oh, now yeah. it's uh It's totally yeah, it's totally changed and uh it's funny like how long, you know, we've had jockeys and how long um you've had competitive racing for whatever, 150, 170 years. And it's only a really recent thing that jockeys do gym work and uh I was I often used to I remember used to going to Galway like you could go into Galway uh through the the weighing room, and you'd always have three or four jockeys outside having a fag. Like and I still think, I still think that's not entirely gone. But like, obviously, it's totally counterintuitive in terms of uh, your breathing under pressure and so on and so forth. And uh, I think. It's it's education as well, that's like um you've the likes of Adrian Golder came along and just said there are ways to manage your weight. I think particularly with jockeys that have problems with their weight, there are ways to manage your weight which A don't involve starving yourself and B don't involve obviously like appetite suppression like cigarettes. Um, and Saunas, kind of interestingly enough, saunas have kind of been essentially banned now from racecourse in Ireland, which is an interesting one. Um But again, I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's any way ideal to be getting involved in professional sport after being in the sauna. Like it's that's not what it's about at all. So I think we're, we're really modernising that regard. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it does, and um it's just part of a healthy lifestyle as well. I think I'd, I'd say the jockeys of today, like in general, they don't, they don't get out that much. They're so busy. They're pretty much working every day and... they're, they're just like they're elite professionals, as I said. Like Rowland rode a winner in Gorn the other day in one of those maidens I was talking about. And you're taking on the best, like, and there isn't really much room for error. He's just uh, driving up the road for a slightly better signal on the way down to Mallow this evening. I know that line that's that road to Mallow. Yeah, it's it's um, once you get off the motorway, it's um, it's a long, long way to get to the race course. It's it's a it's it's a place that I was never particularly fond of getting to from Dublin, but the, and I can relate to what he's talking about, their coverage kind of can go as well. Yeah, but um, tell us a little. Bit about the season that he's been having
1: because um one of the things that we did want to talk about. We've got the a case of you, we've got the genesis, the that whole story of how he ended up in Ada McGuinness's yard, and it is a remarkable story. I think it's like um you know it's gonna be one of the racing stories of the year, no matter what happens for the rest of the year. Um but we haven't talked to the Jockey yet, and that was the to round it out.
0: Yeah, I haven't spoken to him since he won in Doha either. He he um like he obviously won in France at the end of the year and he was a horse that it's funny, we've spoken so much about a case of you in recent times through Edo and um, John McConnell as well, who obviously trained him, so he seems to feature every week. But obviously Ronan has been riding him and Ronan just he's a very good freelance jockey who needed you know, needed work really. And if you look at the if you look at the the races now, Colin Keane rides for Lines and they ride you know, he'll have a lot of winners. Bally Doyle will Bally Doyle Aidan O'Brien Joseph O'Brien Dunnock O'Brien will effectively have more or less their own riders which is Ryan Moore Jamie Heffernan Declan McDonough, and so on and so forth and Gavin Ryan and it's 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 hard as a, very hard for a freelancer in Ireland it's not that, not that they won't get, make a decent living um, but to have rides like that and for Edo to get the case for you stories is a million to one like I mean I was saying there last week his, his, his stallion has produced absolutely nothing like nothing even close to this it'd be like you know, it'd be like having 14 kids. One of them was like messy and the other 13 were just like, they could barely play five a side. Like seriously, it's just so weird how John John is looking at him in the sales, and he's like, God, I, I quite like that horse. Stallions, like even even, even with the reputation that Stallion had, what he's produced since has been so, so uh, poor Um complete rags to stories but then obviously ends up and there's that thing in racing where you have a good horse but you sell him on um, and then Ronan obviously rode him to his Group 1 wins and hopefully he can tell us about that yeah
1: so we got Ronan real and we've reestablished established contact with him we, we were just talking there while you were gone Ronan about a case of you can you tell us take us back to the, the first time you ended up on a case of you uh, did you know immediately how good the horse was were you excited to get that ride
2: I'm um, I- very excited right, uh, he had a good enough profile at that stage he'd, he'd won his group three at the Cora, Um, so we knew he was definitely a, a decent animal uh, obviously didn't re- know he'd get to the heights he thought. but but uh, I was actually in line to ride Munista as well the night I rode him in Dundalk so I had a bit of a call to make and he had a bit of a bigger profile than she did now and so I kind of had to make a call whether to get on him or stay with Munista Moni- that night. And Edo said, like, whoever rode the horse that night was is, was there right for the rest of the year. So. That um, is a big sliding doors moment. You wouldn't
0: even be here, like, I mean, yeah. you, wouldn't, you oh God knows what you'd be doing. You might even be driving to Cork.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Munista didn't turn out too bad now. Either. No,
0: no, she didn't. Uh-huh. She didn't, but um, um, that's mad. Was it a tough call?
2: Oh, it was now, especially because uh, Jack was very good to me now and now. he gives me plenty of rides and, and whatnot and he was she was her his best personally too, so um I kinda had to make the call and I kinda knew that it was kind of kind of similar to her as well. Whoever kinda rode her that night or the the next out or two after was gonna stick with her so I kinda had to make a call and okay. Um, if it went either way it wouldn't have worked out too bad but the way it worked out with him it's gone it's, uh, it's well The, the, the
0: Jack he mentions there is Jack Davison and, and Munisa is owned by his mother and has totally been a flag bearer for a very young trainer so like another great story actually as well because oh, totally a homebred horse that um, I think Moon Unit was the, the dam I think and uh, it's, it's, it's definitely helped uh, Jack get on the map but like it's mad. It's mad when you think for it. you have to make a call based on whatever your logic is or whatever you think the betting is, whatever you think the better horse is. But Ron missed out on misses out on two group ones, two of the biggest days of his life, um, and two group ones. As of now, there's more to come if he makes the wrong call there. So whoever advised you, if it were Ronan Whelan that advised you, he advised you well anyway. How did you make the call?
2: Um, well, Dave Keenan, my agent, was a uh, big part of it. now he kind of, he kind of was. Uh, giving me plenty of advice and whatnot, and and um, yeah that was uh, for a Friday night in February and it had uh, serious consequences for the next while coming
1: That's mad isn't it because like uh, you know casual observers will be like there's not that much going on tonight Yeah Uh quiet night in
0: february in, in dundalk I, I genuinely think that the beauty of a race meeting is there's so many stories even the really really sort of crap on paper meetings that you think oh nothing will happen here and like ronan there are so many breeders out there there are so many people involved in different horses if you go back far enough you'll find proper horses that were involved in the page and even there's always some intricate story as well like even in even in dundalk in the winter
2: yeah, yeah definitely like um well the horse might be winning you might ride a horse tonight and might not win or whatnot. If you if you can get association and stick on that horse, uh that down the road you you just don't know what that's gonna to lead to like. Um, like there's there can be serious repercussions, uh for good or for good or bad, like, um but like it's once your name's in the hat and you're you're there it's 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 always a help.
1: So you obviously had a relationship with ADO before that, that he's talking to you about getting on the horse and he obviously wanted you. Um, when when you made the decision to go freelance, it was obviously with the intention of getting on good quality horses like this. Can you take us back to that decision to go freelance? Was that straightforward? Was that easy enough for you? Well, it
2: like, never really was a decision really or um, that I made or anything. I was uh, in Jim Bulger's for a while and... I kind of was more to to part ways with Jim, really, and just see how things went on my own. But in fairness, I I was kind of first jockey for Michael Halford, and more or less still am really. Um, if he has a runner in a race, it's, uh, he, he has first call on me if he wants me, and but he, he, he's very accommodating. If uh, Ada or that has a horse in the race, like, and he thinks that his horse for a reason, just out of the other. Yeah, he doesn't have as good as winning the chances then he's free to let me go on that um, but it kind of happened all organically really you know after that um, things have just uh, materialised how they have
0: Yeah, sorry everyone when I was working in the indoor which was like I was only in the indoor for about a year I left the racing post and uh, I really enjoyed it because it was basically like Right now, there are hardly any racing journalists left in the in the print media. Like you've basically Brian O'Connor, and like that's that's just that's so the racing to be racing journalist, the Irish Independent, and Mikey Verney took over after me, but but he does GA as well. So it's very very there are few jobs, but I loved it. But one of the things was getting the stories, and I wrote this story that um rang up Jim Bulger one day, and I was like, "Who's gonna be Kevin Manning's replacement when Kevin retires?" And um he said, "Oh, Ronan Whelan." So like I was like, "That's not a bad story." Kevin Manning hasn't retired at all yet. This must be five or six years ago, Ron. Yeah,
2: it would be. Uh, yeah, definitely. At least that. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, and so there we there we are. So that's why Ronan... like Ronan just didn't have he didn't have the first job there because Kevin is defined unbelievably well defined age and Ron just had to go and find other rides, I guess. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So it,
1: that obviously happened four or five years ago. Was it straight away a success? Were you happy with the decision straight away, or happy with the opportunity straight away?
2: Um. More or less so it was, like, as I said, I wasn't going into a complete and a complete unknown. I had the reassurance of, of um, Mick, you know, and all his horses. And then I kind of got on a few orders and a few relationships with the likes of or and, and that. And um, as I said, like, uh, Jim, I couldn't see, he couldn't do any more for me, or oh, know, a great time down there. Um, but I just, as much as anything, I just wanted to play something new. i was there for nearly twelve or thirteen years, and just thought maybe I'd like to give something else a change and see see how it went and kind of went into the big bad world of my own.
1: Yeah, now that's totally fair enough, and it's obviously working out quite well. Um, in terms of a case of you, before we leave that story, talk to us about the two big nights: the the one in Paris and then the one in Dubai.
2: Yeah, um, huge for different reasons, I suppose. Um, the, we we're in France to give Aido his, and his team and everyone their first group one. was huge, like and I suppose it was the end of a long year as well. Like so, um, you know, there's a, a lot of water went under the bridge by then, and you've obviously got a lot of highs and lows throughout the year. So to to end it on that was a huge, huge high. So it was, and, um, on Arc Day as well. Like it's, it, I've. It's a day that I've always dreamed about being involved in and obviously the arc is probably the race. I'd i always love to win and to have a win that day is huge. Um, but then of course then the other side of it then is Dubai was different again for we were going in there as group one this time, so while you're you know, you're respected in France and so you had your chance, you um, you weren't maybe expected to to win as such, whereas this day we um while well, we, there was a favourite of the Dolphins in, it. we were group one winners we had a nice run in the in the preliminary run. And he, he went there with a huge, huge chance. So there was probably a little bit more pressure on that, like, you know. So to to pull that out of the bag as well was a was another feat in itself.
1: That if memory serves that race was um you were drawn on the um the the rail downside. side. Yeah, yeah.
2: Downside, yeah.
1: And um, when you see that draw, are you happy? Because I think that runs slightly faster, does it?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, we were children. We seen that, like the, as I say, the call the Golden Highway, um, all throughout the the carnival, and that seemed to be the place to be. So, um, yeah, we we were happy enough to know when we seen that race. Right?
1: In the middle of those races, so these are these are sprints, and they're over in the blink of an eye. How much time do you have to think about? Uh, changing things up if things aren't going well or how much time do you have to think this is actually going well what's going through your mind in that minute and a half or however long it lasts yeah um,
2: like my I'm is the horse kind of usually finds his sweet spot and that kind of tells me where I need to be in the race like I kind of when I let him pop out the gates and don't push or pull him if um, if I'm forward and he's relaxed, I know maybe they're not going overly quick, whereas if, if they're going hard and I'm three parts back or a little bit farther back like he does being in his five furlong races, I, I know they're gonna they're going to go clip, but the main important thing is to get him in his most comfortable position and he's just so uncomplicated that if it's near the front or near the back, uh, it doesn't really matter, which is a which is a dream really, you know.
1: Do you have any insight yet about what's gonna happen for the rest of the year?
2: Um, I think maybe the Greenlands might be an option he's not definitely to go there on Guinea's weekend um, to, you know, on the team we're thinking about maybe giving him a prep and match for Ascot um, but I think definitely Ascot's on the cards just whether he'll have a prep or not for, for that
1: so that's uh, Saturday the 21st of May is the Greenlands and then in Ascot I think there's a couple of different entries
2: yeah he's in the Kingstand and, and the Gold Jubilee I'd say the guys will be on weather watch. If it comes, it comes a, a testing five, he could go for that. Or if it says dry, he might go for the six. They oh. go on the Saturday.
0: All oh, right, that makes sense. his ground versatility has been fairly remarkable as well, Ron.
2: Yeah, that's it. Like sure It, it was heavy in in, in uh, Paris, and uh, sure, was out in the Middle East, so it doesn't get much quicker out there. Uh, the ground. So, but it was obviously a beautiful water ground. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it was good, good, good farm out there, like. It's
0: it just goes show I was saying as when you were off there that um just like this horse has no pedigree whatsoever and it's just mad the way it's worked out.
2: Yeah, he's, he's yeah, I suppose he's he's a bit of a freak, I suppose, but I suppose in every pedigree uh something has to kick it and he will be the one in this one.
1: Mm. Yeah, look, it's, yeah. A, it's an incredible story. We've we've had the whole backstory now about um, the horse being bought and and trained and sold on, and and just the, what it means for ADO. Kind of, we were you know joking like twenty years uh, hard work, and then you become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's similar for you. It's like been a long hard road to get to the point, but now you're a Group One winning jockey, not once but twice. Presumably that makes you more in demand. Presumably Dave Keane is getting more phone calls going Is Ronan Rona free? Is he available? Would he, be, would he get on my horse?
2: Um, I suppose you'd like to think that but uh, I think to uh, be honest really uh, how competitive it is here in Ireland um, when I came home now I don't think the phone was really uh, off the hook now to be honest. Um, I think just the calibre of jockeys here in Ireland is so high and everybody kind of has their own values that, um, you know, when I came home I just kind of continued to ride for whoever I was riding for. And okay, I probably got a few spares out, but nothing dramatic now, being be honest with you. Um, it just tells the quality of a rider here in Ireland, you know.
1: I suppose it also means that you've been doing the right thing. Uh, like you've been rewarded for the consistency of performance you've been rewarded for being loyal to the people who've given you a break along the way and that there wasn't kind of some golden Hollywood lounge that you were missing out on
2: yeah exactly like you know it's, it's that's very sweet that you know you, you can continuously get results and then repay the people uh, who've put faith in you with that um, so like that's what it's all about I think you just have to be consistent really you know um, if you're not, you'll, you'll get forgotten
0: about very quick. And it's, sorry. Yeah, it's it's it is mad. Like when you have like the Irish, uh, I suppose the, the great miners that would have played for all the inter-county teams or whatever, and then the um, the. the the amount of kids that went over to England and like you'll say you're Jack Burns or um, even Jordan mcaniff these players that are really really well uh, regarded as what they do at underage and so on and so forth but Ronan it's not like what was it like after being you know one of these star apprentices who just finds that it's it's not easy once you become once you play senior hurling so to speak
2: yeah it's, it's not as simple as right um, I suppose that's when you need to be stepping into a, to a big job or that like um, like the likes of Ben Cohen and that he he's been able to, to get Johnny Marta's job and it just seems like he's been around forever. Like you know, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a very young guy and he's nice to through being an apprentice. Um, I think that's very very important. Otherwise, it can be just a bit of a grind. Then until till you get your breaks and maybe you start into something like that. You know,
1: you were obviously ready for your break as well when it came. Like you had enough experience. you had been around. You, you talked about the ups and downs. Like this wasn't something that was coming to you as a twenty-one-year-old.
2: No, exactly. Um, I actually ridden a club winner a few years ago as well for Patrick and um, I think, um, but he ended up um, calling it a day in the training game, and maybe if that that didn't that was maybe a bit unlucky. Okay, he joined up with Mister Ricks um, and I got a good few spins out of that, and whatnot. But I thought maybe that might have brought us me to the next one a bit earlier, but unfortunately it didn't work out. And I kind of, as I said. It, Michael Halford has been a big help to me. Now he kept me my name in the paper for for a good while after that. And obviously when people see you riding winners, and uh, obviously for one uh, one reason or another, I got riding for Edo, and that's led to me getting on the good horse. So you know, I kept my name in the lights.
1: Yeah, you've got a ride for Edo tonight, I think, in in Mallow as well.
2: Yeah, last that, minute in the in the Premier handicap. Um, all his form seems to be on short, but he's he's a very talented horse and he's won, won at least the race over six down there so if he came back to his form he, he couldn't run big. You've
1: got uh, I think is it four rides tonight one for Tracy Collins one for Jack Davison as well?
2: Yeah uh, two year old for Jack uh, one for Tracy and uh, one for Mick in the last in the maiden yeah.
1: Right and are any of them going to win?
2: Uh, mine Tracy's uh, was a bit unlucky the last day in Leperstown she's she still a maiden after a good few stars but she was for, uh I think tonight if there was ever going to be a night that could be the night now uh, she's run well down here before so um, I'd be hopeful if if she didn't win she'd definitely be uh, on the premises
1: Are you enjoying this part of it now where you know people are asking you about what's coming for the rest of the year and you're able to look forward to things a bit of the pressure has gone about you know am I going to make it to the top level again you're, you're right back touching it now and you know you're going to have a big races to come you know touch woods, injury permitting but do you actually get to enjoy nights like tonight where you're down and just seeing what's happening next
2: um, I suppose uh, I don't really think of it like that It's just in this game it's, it's, it's like it's one race to the next really you're, you're trying to like, every I it's like, not one race but honestly I'm like, you're, you're, you're trying to do your best actually every day of the week so you don't really try to think too far down the line. Once what you do your best every day, and keep trying to be consistent. And then whatever happens, happens. After that, then it the thing just falls into place.
0: You sound like I, I, you're, you're, you're 29. 29, Yeah, sorry, that's I'm gonna blame Jörg for that because I said you're twenty nine, and well, then your Twitter handle says uh, ninety two, so you're getting there. Well, it's, it's if he's ninety two and it's early May, he's likely twenty nine. I mean, fifty fifty. It's not 50-50, It's early May. Yeah. Yeah. seven to 5 Seven-ish. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's yeah, not. me
2: yeah, You think I
0: nineteen? Yeah, like I was just saying, like you have not aged at all, and uh, you're still the the baby face assassin. I think.
2: Yeah, I don't know. If you, if you ask if the lads in the main room, they they'd wonder how. Uh, I'm um, in Yeah,
0: after coming in after a few races. <laughs> yeah, well, age changes us all, I suppose. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, listen, we we'll let you get to Malo safely. Thanks a million for joining us, and congratulations on a great season so far. We wish you the very best to look for the rest of it.
2: Oh, great to hear
0: from you. very much. Top man, Ron. That's um,
1: always good to get that insight. It's Ron and wheel in there on on his way to work this evening. Um. So, which of those was it? Golden Days was the
0: one. Of yeah, rides. fairly, fairly frustrating. I've I tipped her a few times, but I've used that logic before. It's like old clammy kiss of death. I know, Johnny Ward. Um, I, I remember using that line before about a horse of uh, more or less. If if it doesn't win. Tonight it'll never win, and I've never used it again because it's like that. That is absolutely no reason to back a horse, cause it's actually a reason not to back a horse. Um, but Tracy age changes us all, Johnny. That is it, experience. That's the Tracy's persevering. She obviously thinks that I don't know, is it for her, the horse page? I think it's Philly. and um, that she's tra- she's persevering, she's no idiot, and uh, she's probably capable of winning a low grade race, but it's expensive to keep a horse in training at that level, and um hopefully the reward tonight All right.
1: this is Friday Night Racing brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie and the hashtag is every racing moment the tote ten to follow for the flat season will be opening for entries on the 23rd of May so now is the time to start earmarking your flat horses and plotting your strategy to target as many bonus races as possible throughout the season visit tote.ie for more ten to follow information the tote guarantee which means you're guaranteed SP or better on all of your tote win bets will be available at Cork Nace and Leopardstown racecourses this weekend. We'll take a quick break back after this. Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball and they're Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland Love every racing moment Visit hri.ie Alright, you're very welcome back It's Sherry Roy and Johnny Ward with you this Friday evening um, Johnny, we should look ahead to the racing in Ireland Nace and Leopardstown this weekend. Nace
0: is... Is it your local track? Your are area? Yeah? The Curra would be closer. Curra would be closer. Um, it's an interesting uh, summer now for the Curra because like when we spoke to Ronan, we did a piece um, looking ahead at the flat season with Ronan, um, Siobhan Rutledge and Colin Keane. And we did it in one of the kind of... I think it's essentially the owners and trainers area in the curra And Have you been in the area before, Johnny? I haven't because... There you go. Um, You're not allowed. Well... I actually I actually Dan, Dan McDonald and I And a few others Owned a winner at the Curra, Which was some crack Like I mean He was a really low grade horse But for some reason They would like a 0-60 At the Curra, And uh, he went off favourite And won I Skipper And like some crack um, But the Curra is Completely unrecognisable now Like Joe Malloy was on about Um you know, facilities in Irish soccer on and all that. Like, we're just, you know, for a country with so much money, we're just used to facilities that are effectively from another era. And, like, there aren't that many modern racetracks in Ireland. Um, and the car that day felt like this actually is modern, um, kind of luxurious but just nice racetrack. The owners and trainers was really cool. It looked like a bar in Dawson Street or something like that. And it's a big week, it's a big summer for the car in terms of getting people to go racing. Um, and on the flip side of that, one of my favourite tracks is definitely Nace. And Nace did that really nice job with the new bar and the new kind of viewing area that's kind of like a, it's like a circular shape, more, more or less overlooking the, the winning line. And, uh, It'll be a great place to go racing in the in evenings this, this summer, I think the the nace I don't know they call it the barbecue evenings or whatever. Um and it's uh, I really like NACE. it's like a kind of a local crowd, um doesn't have any pretensions about it. Really good racing. And, and just i reiterate that point of saying, Jerry, like the quality of the racing in Ireland, I mean and it's split among it's not just like one trainer winning everything by any means. Um the blue win tomorrow is a feature at Nace, which is like it's one of its bigger cards so far uh, this season. It'll be very interesting to see, kind of open race, to Clat de Lumiere, um, see the stars filly, and again another impeccable pedigree for Dermot Weld. Um, Albula was a very interesting filly last year, very well bred, um, and then there was the there was the race of oh, the other three year olds race. Yeah, I find this race fascinating because Aidan O'Brien's horses have, his three-year-olds been in such form during the week. Shark Bay. Which, um, which race is this, sorry? This is the, doo, 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 the four o'clock. So it's kind of a rated race for three-year-olds. Shark Bay won a Cork the last. He's stepping up to mile and two. Beat a well-fancied horse. He's by Australia. Uh, he should improve. Joseph O'Brien has Inuit, uh, who's a fascinating horse that he's procured, um, I think, from France. And then you have ruler legend, the Camelot horse, Camelot obviously is the sire of uh, the would-be Derby favourite Luxembourg for Fozzie Stack so it's just really really kind of deep racing Cork is Cork is racing over jumps tomorrow actually I think I saw earlier there were I was out cycling uh, earlier on the road between British and Talla and like absolute pools of water like thought it was going to be basically blown away by a lorry uh, but then I got home and they are saying they're looking at potentially watering in Cork so maybe it was just a local thing so the the, the ground will be on the good side in Cork nice jumps racing there as well and then we have Leopardstown on Sunday Okay,
1: anything in Leopardstown? Uh,
0: Leopardstown Sunday do 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 um yeah, a, there are three Group 3s kind of troll out to to um, finish up the cards and there will be the Derby trial Duke De Sessa who was um, such a good promising horse uh, in his earlier days and not run a bad race in his reappearance Tommy Jones as well really good horse by Wooden Bassett who's going to be a big stallion for Bally Doyle for Jerry Lyons and Colin Keane um, and interestingly enough Aiden uh, O'Brien has Stone Age in the race um, who's his sole representative usually a race that he used to do very well in and Ryan Moore is over um, so yeah a nice card at Leopardstown and um, yeah so much on this weekend um, I think everyone might be coming down on the sporting level from the Champions League but there's there's plenty of racing as well, well just uh, that that's a
1: question I think everybody eventually you know when you get into racing you begin to get your head around the calendar for mm. jumps in particular it's relatively straightforward things kick into gear properly September October but everything there's big races at Christmas here and in the UK then there's the Dublin Racing Festival which is the final primer for anything that going to Cheltenham or isn't going to Cheltenham and then there's Cheltenham and then there's Punchtown and then it's over and you Mm. kind of go these
0: are the, the constant uh, spikes
1: and peaks. Where, where, how does this work? So the Guineas obviously are over.
0: Yeah, they've had, we've had the Guineas, the Irish Guineas are on the way, the Derby and the Oaks, then the Irish Derby and the Oaks, Royal Ascot, um, and then into kind of the autumnal part of the year, which would bring you into the um, obviously Glorious Goodwill is around, is the same week as Galway. Um, you'll then have, you know, the Irish Classics later on into the Dublin, the Dublin Race Festival Champions Weekend, which is effectively the the model on which the Dublin Racing Festival started that'll be in September um, but it's its funny though as I was saying like a case of you like he, he made his debut in Bellustown and then he won his maiden in Down Royal you never know what you're going to get and even that race in Dundalk he was talking about um, I just find I think Irish flat racing is just so f- enduringly fascinating from right to the start of the season and then we've Dundalk as well where you get these really good horses running back end maidens and so on and so forth um, but obviously the focus now I think Aidan O'Brien has a derby kind of media day on Monday, so he. Have a lot of questions about Luxembourg, but it's funny seeing the the British racing journalists come over for that. They are like literally like uh, you know kids with candy in front of them. They just love it. Um, they love it, and I think they get treated to did they get treated a night out in casual night for hopefully not in that hotel where it was like fifty quid for. Scones and uh, I tea. Hope- hopefully, it would be. <laughs> hopefully, actually, yeah. Sorry if there's <laughs> sorry. To it. But yeah, it's it's a good uh, so the meeting of minds of Irish and British journalists. And as I said earlier, it's uh, you can't take for granted people being paid to cover racing anymore because it's becoming. It's becoming It's harder for it To get into the racing to, Into the normal media pages As it is Alright Yeah Alright we'll leave it there For this week If you have anything That you want to get off your chest You can leave a comment
1: On the YouTube stream If it's during the evening show You can text us on 53106 That is this week's edition Of Friday Night Racing And Off The Ball Brought to you By Horse Racing Ireland Love every racing moment Visit hri.ie Friday Night Racing On Off The Ball and on. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland Love every racing moment Visit hri.ie